Yes, how do you do? This is my podcast and it's just for you. It's called Tick Talks and it's a lot of shit, but I hope you enjoy it because I've kept it like It's 30 minutes long and all about T-Side, the people, the places and the Borough Pride. Now then, now then, uh, welcome to episode 23 of uh, TED Talks, the Ted Anki podcast, uh, you know what I mean, it's class and all that. Uh, what can I say? Uh, start off on a bit of a sombre note, yeah, uh, you know, Middlesbrough, they probably play the best football I've seen in like 30, 35 minutes this season, you know, it was like watching Barcelona at one point, that, that goal... Fletcher's goal, the link-up play was just super. Oh, I was, I was in the element. I really was. And then uh, you know, the, the the lad Johnson made a silly tackle and got himself sent off. And uh, and then what happens? Our inexperienced manager, who I am supporting still, Jonathan Woodgate. Don't bear that in mind. I am supporting him. Uh, made a tactical change after half time, take off the goal scorer Fletcher and bring on Adam Clayton in midfield. And what happened? We shut up shop and you're playing 45 minutes, 2-0 up and you're just defending and trying to get a counter-attack. It's just not the way forward, not when you're at home. He should have just stuck with it. Should have stuck with the line-up and just, you know, you never know, we might have got a third goal and then you do that or you do that change in the last sort of like 15 minutes, 10 minutes or something, but... Oh, I just feel so deflated by it. I really do. So we ended up drawn to all if you're you're not familiar with this matters. And um it's just well, that could have been that could have been a big win for us against uh Hull Chip Spice City. And um but never mind. We're we're back at it again, you know, we've got bottom of the league Barnsley next, so I'm remaining optimistic. But on the other end of that, I've had some good news, and I'm pleased to announce that the TED Talks TED Anki podcast is now also took on another sponsorship as well as UK Comedy and Butterfan TV. We are now being sponsored by Joke Pit. Now, Joke Pit are a ticket uh, comedy sales platform where you can buy all comedy tickets from, and they also promote the best comedy around the UK and the world. So I'm over the moon that these guys want to get behind the show and sponsor it. And I think it's just proper internet, you know what I mean? So welcome to the Ted Anky Podcast, Joke Pit, uh, online comedy tickets platform. Uh, should be good. I might do a little, I'm going to do a little advert for you. I'll do a little advert for you uh, shortly. And, you know, you may want to use that on your future advertising campaigns and that, because I'm, I'm pretty good at them, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, so anyway, strap yourselves in, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a, a lovely special guest and a show full of content that's going to tickle your fancies. Uh, should should be good. Should be good. 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 Right then, so my guest on uh, TED Talks this week is uh, Newcastle comedian uh, Julian Lee. Now, Julian, you all right, mate? I'm all right, Ted. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, lovely to have you on on my podcast and all that. Uh, first question, mate. What what have you had for your tea tonight? I like to ask all my guests that. Uh, well, I had a chilly tonight. A chilli? A chilli, yeah, made by my you know I, I swear down, I, I've just had a chilli as well. How no, mad's that? Mad. Did you have kidney beans or did you go for something more sophisticated? I had, I had a couple of kidney beans in it, but I also had uh, I had some peppers in it um, and some little bits of aubergine. Oh, oh, oh. See, I like a uh, courgette. If I'm making it myself, I usually show a bit of courgette in Oh, uh, a little, little bit of crunch in there. Yeah, they're, they're courgettes made uh, by a budget supermarket as well, you know. They're a little bread courgette. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, okay. We're off, we're off, we're off on a joke. Boop, boop. Here we go. <laughs> Freaking hell. Was it nice anyway, mate? Did I find some times? Like, I've just done, I'm having a cup of tea at the minute, and I've just done like a little burp there, and some came back up. Um, I so. find it's, it, it tastes nicer the next day, you know, if you've made like a big pan. So the first day you have it, it's kind of nice, but then if you have it the day after or the day after that, it's really nice because all the flavours have just got themselves in there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right with that, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Um, good, good. Well, that sounds like a successful tea. Very nice. Um, right. So first things first, Julian. Right. <laughs> Tell us about your name. Why, Julian? Julian's <laughs> is, is. I mean, right. I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking that your uh, your parents thought, right, we're going to call him Julian because we parents from Newcastle. And my mum's from London. That's all you need to know. Ma- oh, you- see, this could be it. I can see. I was thinking, is it a, is it a regional way of saying it? Because I was going, I was, I'll do some, I'll do some some accents for you, okay. as Julian would would say. It. And I thought it sort of sitted nice with the Newcastle accent, you know, like Julian. My name's Julian, <laughs> like that. But. You could from from London, like oh I'm, yeah, this is my little boy Julian, uh, Birmingham. Oh no, Julian, uh, Julian could be Scottish as well, couldn't it? Like that, Julian, Julian. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Liverpool, Julian. All right, Julian. Sounds like you're saying Julian, though, doesn't it? it? Does. What I would say, Ted, is uh, Julian's much more acceptable these days. But I grew up in the 70s in the West End of Newcastle, and Julian was not a name that people really were familiar with, and it always made them treat us a little bit differently, I'll, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, 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 I can kind of imagine. I, uh, I tell you what I called a lot, regardless of what I was like with women or not. Romeo, because I went, oh, Julian, like Romeo and Juliet. So they called us Romeo, and it was just like, what logic are you using there? But that's the West End of Newcastle for you. I was going to say, they've clearly not read enough fucking Shakespeare, them take bastards, have they? Romeo and Julian. Doesn't that quite have the ring to it, does it? It doesn't. It's that Shakespeare Mr. Chick by getting the second name wrong. It did, yeah. What else are they into? McDonald. You know, it's... <laughs> Freaking hell. Well, that's, that's Newcastle for you, Philip, coming from me, being from Willisborough. So, uh, anyway, Julian, have you always lived in uh, the town? Uh, or have you, have you been a traveller? No, no. Well, I've lived in Newcastle all my life, except for two years, three months, and 15 days when I was in the Air Force. Oh, yeah, I forgot you were in Yeah, I remember we met at the gig before, and uh, my mate, uh, Mala, who says he's been in the army, he hasn't, and then you said you'd been in the Air Force. How was that then? Did you get fly planes and that? No, no, I was, uh, I was a data analyst, which sounds posh, but it's just a glorified clock, glorified paper shuffler, basically. Wow, but you got a nice uniform, no? I was a lot slimmer in those days, so I fitted the uniform quite well, to be fair. Oh, un- uniform and all all that flange knocking about <laughs> when you're in that uniform as well. <laughs> Hello, this is Officer Julian Lee reporting for duty. Yeah, I'd just like to stay for the when I wasn't an officer. I was an enlisted yep. man. There's a difference. Yeah, you can lie though, can't you? Like, you know, like in one of them American movies where they always go to like one of them, them bars and drink bottles of bud and play pool and then um, have a fight and stuff like that. And then a bird walks in and then they, they go over. I'm just, I'm just doing the whole scene at Top Gun here, aren't I? Well, I could, I could tell you a story about uh, a, day's, a day out drinking in Basingstoke, which ended up. Go on. It did, well, I, it, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it did end up. Uh, well, at a woman's house who hit us on the shin with a massive bottle of Merry Down cider, which meant I had to had, I had to go to hospital about uh, about a week later with the biggest bruise you've ever seen in your life. Literally about three foot long bruise on my leg. So you you bruised your shin with cider. She hit us on the shin with a big bottle of Merry Down cider. I don't know if you can still get Merry wow. Down cider, but back in the early nineties, you definitely could. Back in the early 19s when the container was made out of lead. 
<laughs> yeah, it's now illegal. Uh, well, you, you must be used to that, mate. You know, you're probably fighting with a brew nail bottle, you know, so uh, or a bottle of double Maxim. Well, I, that's more of a Maxim drink, double Maxim, to be fair. Like, I don't want to get too regionalist, Ted, but... Uh, yeah, I know, but, you know, you can take it off him and crack him over the head with it. <laughs> well, I, I stopped drinking brew nail on the, on the session because it is fighting beer. <laughs> I came out yeah. of the pub one day, I came out of the toilet, I'd cool the bog, and I had a, had a, a pipe I'd ripped off the wall, and the, la- the lass whose bought was like, get out of your boat, you've just pulled the pipe off the off the wall. And I went, eh, it wasn't me, and I'm standing there with it in my hand. I knew that was uh, <laughs> that was time to give the brownie a bit of a, a, bit of a, uh, bit of a miss. And we'd have one or two yeah. now just for flavour. Flavor, but not for, uh, I not sometimes have one. It's like if I if I see one like and nostalgically, if I'm I'm like in you know somewhere like Leeds or somewhere like that, I go, oh, I love uh, selling brown ale. Yeah, I love a bottle of that just so I look rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, you could look rock hard with a a pims and lemonade. Well, well, ah, uh, you know what I mean. Fucking look, look, there's Ted over there. He's on the dandelion of Burdock. Don't mess with Ted. It's like I, I do have that vibe about me. Yeah, I'm a bit I? of a wild man. I've actually got my mum. My mum's with us just to protect us from you, just in case you get a bit crazy with me, you know. Oh, is, is, what, is your mum there with you now? No, she's not. No, I was just making that up. All oh, right, I was going to say, I was going to say hello, hello. What, what are you calling your son, Julian, for? Fucking hell. <laughs> I, I am a big grown up and I do live with a girl, so you know, a real woman, even. So you know, I'm pretty, pretty yeah. mature, and I, you know. Did did you not consider, like, because when you became a comedian and that, did you not consider changing your name <laughs> to something like, I don't know, like, uh, 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 Jonathan Lee or right. Big Big J Lee or something like that. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yes, uh, with hindsight, I, I would have changed my name or to have a different name as a comedian. But what had happened? I don't know if you know this, Ted. But uh, before I did comedy, I did a couple of years as a performance poet. This isn't a joke, by the way. I did, a couple, right, okay. did a couple of years as a performance poet, but it was very serious poetry. Like really, not like like he hilarious poetry, like really yeah, serious. Yeah. Uh, but I was known as Shaft because the first night I went down to do the comedy, I, uh, I was going to call myself Julian X because I, I thought that was a pretentious name. But they misread me, uh, me name. They just read out my email address, which was Shaft McTavish. So I just went by Shaft as a poet. But then when I got the comedy, I wrote, I didn't want to be called Shaft. I'd just be called Julian Lee. But if, if I could choose again, I would probably pick a different name. Well, Julian Lee suits the the title of a poet. You know, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome onto stage now with his finest piece of work, Mr. Julian Lee. And then you'd come and go, ah, the pigeon, you know, or whatever you would talk about. Yeah. But fucking Shaft, just come along and go, ah, brother, yeah, I'm going to tell you some poetry. You're going to like it. If I'd, have, if I'd have done the voice, I think I would have been a clear winner, Ted. I think, uh, I think so, mate. I, yeah. I missed a check there. I think we should change your comedy name to to Julio Lee. Julio. I think uh, I've got a, be quite good that. I've got a mate who calls us Julio. To be fair, so maybe that's your love. Uh, it would have been good. You could have come out and done it in a Spanish accent as well. All your jokes. There's a comedian from Newcastle called Fernando, isn't there? And I wouldn't want to step on Fernando's toes. Well, um, listen, I've, uh, I've, 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 I've talking about jokes and stuff like that now, um, and, and, and comedy. How long have you been doing the comedy for? About six years now, I think. Six years. Yeah. And, and if I remember rightly, you got to a couple of runner up places in the pun championships, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Leicester Comedy Festival, which is sort of like after Edinburgh, it's probably the biggest com- comedy festival in the yeah. UK. <laughs> That's all right. That's uh, it's a chilly, you know. Fucking chilly. <laughs> they have a UK pun championships every year. But I was uh, I was runner up in 2017 and 2018, and I couldn't make it for 2019 for work commitments. So I've done okay. Yeah, would it be nice to win? Don't get us wrong, but I've done okay. Well, you've had a year out now in training, and you can you can go back and you can do all of your same jokes uh, again, uh, and no one will remember uh, them. <laughs> I'll tell you what. What I am in uh, next month. Um, have you heard of Ruffle, who are like a comedy promoter in Stoke? 
Yes. They're doing the Ruffle World One Liner Championships, and that's on the 28th of December, and I've got through the final of that. So you never know. You you might have talked to a world champion. Well, that'll be fantastic, won't it? uh, That'll be great. Well... I'm going to ask you to give me a couple of examples of of your jokes and stuff like that because I would probably say the only way I can relate this to my audience is that you do a lot of dad jokes, don't you? <laughs> uh, would you class them as dad jokes? Well, well, me fragile ego demands that it's, they're not called dad jokes, but I can understand that categorisation. Yes. The only reason I say that is right, you know, you know, when that I seen you the other night in that gig, and you in Bradford, and you 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 were Michael Alford, and you were you were both fantastic, and uh, one I was talking to one of the punters afterwards. He went, "I like that, I like I like that, Georgie lads. You know, he were that good. Uh, I like he does does a lot of dad jokes, and I like that. You know, not everybody likes that, but I like that." <laughs> and I thought, no. "Yeah, you like that, mate. You should send that to him. We put it on his posters." <laughs> No, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, with the, with the dad jokes, the one-liners, the puns, whatever you want to call them, some people absolutely love them, but there's some people who cannot stand them. So if you've got a 20-minute set and you're doing one-liners and someone doesn't like you, you're not going to get much out of them for 20 minutes, unfortunately, because to them, they're, not, they're just like 60 horrible jokes for them. But if someone likes them, they will literally die laughing on the in the front yeah, row. Yeah, yeah. It is hit and miss. I did a gig at uh, the Comedy Lounge in Hull about a month ago, and, yep. and a guy in the front couldn't get his breath for laughing. And it was it's nice, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I was worried about it. I had to say to his wife, is he all right? He literally couldn't breathe for laughing. <laughs> the, 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 like that sort of thing in Hull. Um, sim- simple jokes um, and um, rude humour, that in the Comedy Lounge. I'm booked to do it in uh, in March oh. next year. And uh, I've I've, uh, I've done it before to win improvised comedy, yeah, right. um, but I've, I've never been and, and and just done it as myself. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because uh, I've got some right filthy jokes. And I think it'll tickle the tickle all of the whole people's fancies. Well, I'm back there in uh, in January as well, so that'll be the third time I've done it. It's a nice little gig. Ah, nice. nice gig. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's good. It's good, good place. Hull's good for comedy, I think. Anyway, in general, got some good good acts going on around there. Anyway, joke wise, right. right? I mean, I'll give I'll give you an example of uh, just for the listeners. Um, have you? I mean, I found this joke on the internet. So to give you an example, it's not one of yours; it's somebody else's, and it's meant to be the uh, the epiphany of pun jokes, right? Yeah, okay. So, have you, have you heard it before? It's about Gandhi. Well, you have to tell us it first. All oh, right, all oh, right. Yeah, that's how it works, isn't it? You're not meant to guess them. Sorry, I don't. I've never done them before, right? So this is the, this is the joke, right? Gandhi walked down barefoot for most of the time, so he had rough feet, and he fasted a lot for spiritual and political reasons, so he's not physically very physically strong. And because of the fasting, you could say that he, he did not have great breath, so he didn't smell great. So to sum it all up, you could say that Gandhi was a super callous, fragile mystic, hex by halitosis. Uh, it's hard, I suppose. It's a bit long. You know, like shit, you, isn't it? It's you, shit. Someone put there. that. Yeah, someone put that as like, oh, this is the ultimate, uh, the ultimate joke of. Uh, yeah, I thought, no, it's not. Now, before we test out my jokes and listen to some of yours as well, I'm just going to play a little political message because it's now with the politics season and that from uh, my old pal Billy Mac. All right there, lovely people at Teesside, it's me, Billy Mack, back on my political campaign. Now it's all booting off and that and everyone's trying to get in office, you know what I mean? Listen, you got to vote for Billy Mack. Billy Mack, this time I'm bringing back the hitman in hair. Billy Mack, Billy, oh Billy Mack, bringing the slap back. That's right, late 80s, early 90s, dance-a-thon show that used to be streamed live from the mall in Stockton. I'm bringing it back. I've not found a venue like yet, you know what I mean? But get me into the office and I'm bringing it back. I've already spoke to Michaela Stratton and Pete Waterman and guess what they had to say about it like? If there's a desire there for it, I'll bring it back. That's what Pete said. What about Michaela? Yes. 
Well, said Michaela, you lovely little bit of blat. The it man in there, synonymous with dance lovers from all over the UK and probably the only night where you can legally finger a lass in front of other people. It's coming back. Right, so there you've heard it to your face. Billy Mack is bringing back the it man in there. So you've got to get behind me political campaign and vote for me to be the next mayor of Butter, maybe even in Parliament and that, you know what I mean? So vote, Billy Mac. Billy Mac, Billy, oh Billy Mac, bringing the slap back. Billy Mac, Billy, oh Billy Mac, bringing the slap back. Billy Mac there. Uh, now back on the important subject of jokes. We're talking about jokes, aren't we? So, uh, so I've wrote a few, and uh, let's see, let's see what you think about yeah, these. Give us a rate, right? um, and then you can give us a few of your own and show me up. Uh, uh, did you hear about the new perk in the workplace where you can sign up for free underwear? No, I haven't heard. It's, no, it's it's called a company bra scheme. What would you rate that one? I don't even get it. Company draw scheme. Yeah. What? What's it? What? What's? What's I? It's meant to be a pun on a company car scheme. <laughs> There's a new perk at my workplace where you can sign up for free underwear. It's a company bra scheme. <laughs> Ted, that is so bad, it's hilarious. Oh, so, like, that's good, it's worked, it's worked, that one. Yeah, all I would say is you don't get to explain every joke to the audience, so do you know what I mean? Otherwise you'd be oh, there. Right, oh, well. you, <laughs> you, might, you might struggle with these next few then. <laughs> I'll do a couple more. Here we go, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is another one, right? Here you go. Did you hear about the massive floods in Cornwall that have ruined some of the country's finest herb gardens? Bob Geldof has managed to pull a load of recording artists together and he's calling it Chivade. <laughs> Are we going to have the clanging chives of doom? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm only a beginner at this. Yeah, that, 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 was at this. that was better. That was better. All right. This one takes a lot of thinking, okay. uh, this next one. So, uh, uh, in the little village I live in, I once owned one of the biggest, proudest, most ethical ducks around. Always doing charity work and fundraising, but he died recently. Now he's a pillar of the community. He's a pillar of a, drug, a, a duck reference, I don't know. <laughs> Duck feathers, duck feathers. He's dead, so to put him in a pillar. Oh, <laughs> right. Bit of a think of that. Bit of a think of that one. Right, yeah. you'll get this one. You'll get this next one. Right, okay. this is my last one. Okay. Uh, uh, when stressed, I used to go visit the blind comedian prostitute for some light and relief. But uh, I got to stop because she just kept pulling my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's funny or if you just send us to men at 10 with us. That last one was the best one of the lot. That's the best of it. Right. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really being very clever with words like you are. I'm just, I think I've just wrote a load of shit Christmas cracker jokes down there. I, I, um, I did a gig at, um, I, we'll just call it a popular Manchester comedy club, okay? <laughs> And the, I, yeah. I, I, I'd done the set and the audience had liked it. And I got off and the MC come on and went, well, he's been writing a load of Christmas cracker jokes, hasn't he? And he didn't mean it as a compliment. So, you know. Oh, what a bastard. Quite. Uh, <laughs> well, if people are laughing, that's all that matters. And you you laughed at uh, three out of four then. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's success for me. You know, one of them you didn't get. And it, but you probably, later on, you'll be lying, you'll be sat in the toilet and they'll come back to you and you'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, duck feathers, yeah, get yeah. that now. Well, you're right, yeah. three out of four did make us laugh, but you know that old saying, don't you? There's lies, damn lies, and then there's statistics. So you, you did make us laugh at three out of four, but that doesn't tell a full story, does it? <laughs> <laughs> right, I need to uh, I need to maybe have a rethink about them. Do you think they might work in my set, though? If I like, because uh, sometimes it's how you deliver them, isn't it? In, uh, I, 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 in, I did in like person. the last one. I did like the last one. <laughs> 
yeah, good. Can, can, yeah. can you promise us you never tell that company bro company joke or whatever it was? Company brashke. Never tell that joke in public, please, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm saying That's that to be nice. I had uh, I have wrote another one which I'm gonna I'm gonna do in in my next comedy set. Uh, oh, I don't know whether I should reveal it yet or not, um, but it's 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 you need a prop for it. You see, right? Um, and then it's it's just it's just a knock knock joke. So it'd be like I'll play both the characters and I'll jump across from each other. I'll go knock knock and I'll jump across and go who's there? I'll go Andrew and go Andrew who? And I'll go Prince Andrew and then I'll pick up like a bolt lock and just lock the door like that and go hide the kids. <laughs> and uh, it's quite a visual joke. <laughs> I might even get like a whole prop door done and just bolt loads of fucking bolts on it <laughs> and then just go Barbara hide the kids <laughs> well, you, you could shout out to with the electricity bills due so you know what you would do <laughs> actually the latest joke I wrote and it was written at 19, on, 1927 was when I put it on Twitter <laughs> Here it is. Uh, I've just had a go at Bill Clinton's wife at a brewery. Dist Hillary. No, it was definitely a brewery. Ah, I get it. Like you're dissing Hillary. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. You're using urban words as well, which brings out the poetry of you, doesn't it? <laughs> That's what it is. It works better written down, but I was quite pleased with it when I wrote it. It probably won't make the, the live set, but it, it works well as a written down joke. Have you have you got any of those other fantastic jokes that you're willing to share, but uh, not really, you know, worried about not including in your set yeah, or something well, like that? Give us a I'll, couple more examples. I'll start off with a joke that I don't do my set anymore, but the only reason I, I'll tell you why I don't do my set after I've done the joke, okay? Yeah. Do you know why they have barcodes on the returning Swedish fleet? So, so they can Scandinavian. Yes. Yes, ah, I like that one. That's brilliant. Well, the reason I don't do that joke anymore is because someone stole it on Twitter and got yeah. and got thirty three thousand likes, and then Lad Bible stole it on Instagram and got one hundred and sixteen thousand likes. So I stopped telling it because I don't want people to come up and say you didn't make that joke because it's sort of out there now, you know. In fact, I told it to one of my mates. Well, I've heard that before, so you couldn't have written it. So that's how it works, unfortunately. So. Well, it's, a bit, it's shit, isn't it? It's a bit frustrating, but like, like uh, another one in a comic who's a, a bit more so experienced than me, he messaged us, he went, look, it is frustrating, but just think of it this way. You've written a classic joke, now you've just got to let it go. And I know that's a bit mel- sounds a bit melodramatic, but that was that was how I dealt with it in the end. Just thought, well, there you go. You dealt with it a bit, a bit like a dog dying, didn't you? <laughs> you know, at least I've written one classic joke. There's a lot of comedians who can't say that, can there? So, you know. But you, you must have proof that you released that first on, in the public domain. Well, I, I have. There's a, if you do a Twitter search, the first time I put that joke out was on another Twitter page I've got under at this is Shaft, which is, uh, well, yeah. it goes back to the Shaft thing I told you about before. Yeah. So I managed to put a couple of people who were like online were being a bit arsy with us. Say, look, there's the first ever reference to that joke on Twitter. So, but like I say, a couple of years ago I was really pissed off. I'm not going to pretend I wasn't. But now I'm just, yeah. you just get yourself, get your head around and go mm-hmm. right, move on. So I don't tell it in the set anymore. But it is quite a nice little joke, you know. No, and people do that. People will take credit for other people's work. Uh, I mean, I put a, a picture up um, months and months ago on Facebook of uh, a piece of dog shit with a Union Jack flag in it, and then I'd wrote Borough on it because they were having a bad time, and I just put it on. And, and now everyone just puts that on uh, when Borough are playing shit, so it's on all the time. <laughs> but I never pipe up and go, I created that picture. It was me. Um so, but yeah, no, you're the you're the better man, uh, Julio. Uh, I'm going to keep calling you that. That's now, all Julio. right. Can I tell you my favourite joke that nobody else likes? Go on then. Okay. When I was younger, growing up in Walsall, we didn't have much money. So at the haunted house, if there wasn't enough ghouls, we'd just use jumpers for pole ghosts. 
Ah, I like it. You yeah. Mr. Paul Gosh. Yeah, you see, but but it, it doesn't get the people make like it ten minutes later, but they tend to not like it straight away in the the old big laugh kind of scenario. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't yeah. do that in the set, but that's probably my favourite joke that I like that nobody else likes. It's a it's a great pun on uh, the Polish nation. I like it. Well, it's just, Polish ghosts. It's just probably the worst type. Jumpers for goalposts. You see, it's just jumpers for pole ghosts. Yeah, you know the fast show I like thing. That. It's good. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jumpers for goalposts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I tell good. you, yeah. I'll tell you, the probably the, the most popular joke, or the most. I'm going to say famous, but I mean it obviously in a very not famous way. This is a joke that I tell. I've probably told the most in my comedy career. It always gets me set off to a good start. Because uh, I used to support the rights of workers in a napkin factory in Moscow. I was in the Soviet Union. Yeah, now we get a good start. How do you remember them? How do you remember them? That's my thing. Well, um, well, well I've got about, I've got a, like, if I do a 10 minute set, then probably eight to nine minutes of that is the same every time. Do you know what I mean? So they're, they're just yeah. embedded. And i tell you what really helps. Obviously, I was up in Edinburgh last year. I did the full run at Edinburgh last year. So yeah. I was do- I did 90-odd shows in 25 days. So you're, you're doing your, your set so often that it just becomes almost tattooed on the inside of your brain. So that helps. Wow. But I do I try and be professional. And if I'm doing a 20-minute set, I'll start learning my sets on the three days out. So I'll decide what. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm doing 20 minutes. I've got to do at least 50 jokes, probably more like 60 to 65. Wow. So you've got to start remembering them three days out. And I remember them in threes. That's how I do it. So... It's, it's that's mad but the hardest thing is doing it the first time then after that you've sort of got a bit of a spine to what you're doing yeah yeah but as, as god if I'm doing a 20 minute set I'll do five jokes and the rest I just dance around in my underpants <laughs> oh. <laughs> works well we might, we might swap ideas Ted we might swap ideas <laughs> yeah please welcome on the stage Julio Lee in his underpants <laughs> Belting off one liners. Could write them on your underpants as well. And if you um you forget the joke, you just have a look down at just your underpants. Have a look down at your pants, eh? Yeah. I am writing all these. And that could help. that could be your gimmick. Ted's help. That could be your gimmick. Yeah. Because yeah. what I used to do is because you know when comedians write jokes on their hands and yeah. stuff like that. It's a proper bastard to wash off, isn't it? <laughs> so what I used to do is I used to um I just used to write them on gaffer tape and stick them on my belly. And then, ah, um, right. <laughs> yeah, and then if I forgot a joke, I just lift it up and ask someone in the audience to say, "What does that one say?" <laughs> uh, and uh, and then and then yeah, it's it, a bit alternative comedy, I think it's called. But uh, I just can't remember stuff really. All right, uh, my name's uh, Ted Anke, uh, a well-known regional comedian in the northeast, uh, not known anywhere else in the country yet. But I endorse the use of JokePit. Uh, JokePit is a website and it's social medias where you can buy and comedy tickets, and you find yourself new comedians and new comedy nights to spend time at the night. It's proper class, you know what I mean? So, get on board with jokepit.com and find the next big comedy night you want to go to. Jokepit.com I don't know if I can do that, but can I do that bit? Yeah. Jokepit.com Little advert there for new sponsors of uh, the Ted Anke podcast, jokepit.com there. Well, listen, Julie, anyway, uh, this is uh, primarily meant to be a football podcast, believe it or not. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, I'm a Middlesbrough fan. Are you a Newcastle fan? I am, yes. Are you still in the bottom three? But, but yeah, oh yeah, we were bottom two, but we got a draw. Uh, So we're in bottom three now. Two zeros at yesterday. Yeah, shite, mate. Absolute shite because uh, Jonathan Floodgate <laughs> decided to uh, 
decided to panic at half time and just shut up shop. And what yeah. happens when you turn it up and you shut up shop with 45 minutes to play, you're going to crumble because yeah. you're not good enough. So uh, that's his inexperience. Um, but Newcastle do well under um, who's that, that big fat dinner lady you've got as manager. <laughs> well, I've just had a quick, I a quick look at the score there. And uh, if you'd asked us seven minutes ago, I would have thought, oh, now no, teach you where to fill out itself for that. But well, we're two now, two now, so uh, it's changed. Oh, do you know? <laughs> I know a lad. I know a lad who's bet thirty grand on Newcastle to win tonight as well. So uh, he's a daft twat. Yeah, he's a daft twat. Uh, what price would the would have been about seventy four? So I think so. Something like that. Yeah, no. he, he made a decent wedge, but um, he just spunks money up the wall on gambling. He's had some big wins, but then he will quit, and now he's. Uh, he was determined Newcastle were going to beat Aston Villa. So, yeah, well, back, I don't gamble anymore, but I would bore you with that story, Ted. But uh, I remember making some money on Man U. There were two, this is when Man U were good, by the way. So we're talking about, yeah. it's, it's at least sort of seven, eight years ago. And uh, I think Villa went 2-0 up and there was about half an hour to go. And I, and I put my money on Man U because I thought, now nah, they're still going to come back. And when I just, I just felt it. Mm. And they did, but uh, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put tuppence on them now. Like well, I knew they're terrible these days, aren't they? No, the shite, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> so, who's your all-time favourite uh, Borough player then? Phil Boersma. Yeah. Yeah, well, every everyone everyone loves Janino. Right. You've got to love the little fella. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he, he came, transformed the club, uh, <laughs> left, came back again, uh, and he just loves he just loves Middlesbrough. And he was one of the world's biggest footballers. He just oh, won the yeah, World Cup. It was a mass. It was a massive cope for Middlesbrough when they signed him, Raffinelli, Emerson. You know, we, Brian Robson was phenomenal oh, in the yeah. transfer market he just couldn't stop us letting goals in he's a terrible um, manager I mean Brian Robson was possibly my favourite player from the 80s and 90s he was great but he's just yeah. a terrible manager terrible yeah manager. yeah he was uh, I think he went to West Brom as well didn't he, oh, he was West crap Brom, as well. Bradford he's been everywhere he's, yeah. he's, he's, I'm sure he's managed a couple of countries in Asia as well you know because obviously we just yeah, throw yeah. money at them <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Graham Sooners playing for Middlesbrough. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Platt. Yeah. Why? Alan Fogg. So, got some great players. Yeah, Alan got some Foggin. great players. Mark, was it Mark Proctor? He was, he was a decent player. Mark Proctor, yeah. Mark Proctor. Oh, actually, my favourite um, right back as a kid was Irvin Natris, and he went from Newcastle to Middlesbrough. I don't know if that's before your time, Tim. Yeah, it was a bit before my time, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who, who, who else we may have uh, we've, we've, well, had, we've had Gaza Craig Johnson played for Borough for a bit didn't he Craig Johnson yeah we had Gaza Gaza's Newcastle and Middlesbrough David Hodgson David Hodgson yeah uh, we've had some greats like Nobby Styles and Wolf oh, Mannion. I couldn't tell you anyone who played for Borough now. Like I've got to be honest, I couldn't tell you anyone. Sorry. Do you know I couldn't? I fucking hell me. <laughs> <laughs> we've got. We've probably got the best goalkeeper. Um, he's probably better than half the teams in the Premier League as well. In Darren Randolph, the Irish goalkeeper, oh, fantastic we'll goalkeeper. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an amazing. He's made already made some world worldy saves this season and last season. I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised in maybe in January or the end of the season if we are where we are, someone doesn't try and snap him up because he's a phenomenal goalkeeper. Uh, we've got some good young players because we've always produced good young players through the academy, uh, apart from one who went to prison and we would won't mention his name. Uh, and then. Uh, you know, it's uh, even though he was a great player, uh, but we, yeah, we've had we've got a phenomenal youth set up. Um, and I used to like I used to like it when we were in the top flight and we were up there in Sunderland and Newcastle. That made things a bit tasty. I felt we could match like the London teams and the Northwest teams. You know, for the, the passion in the northeast of football. And then I, I mean, I still find it a bit of shame. Sunderland are so far down. I would have liked them to have been in the division with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, or certainly, you know, us to be in the division with you and them. It's just we should all be in the same division just to keep it yeah. interesting. I think there was a survey done in the mid nineties, and uh, Borough were classed as the best supported team in the country for attendance compared to the population of the city or the town. 
because you were getting, oh, you yeah, were getting when we were 30,000 or something in those days, I think. Yeah. So, um, and that's when we were getting to like uh, cup finals all the time, FA Cup final, Coca Cola Cup final. Yeah. Um, UEFA uh, Cup or Europa League, whatever. Yeah. And then we had a little bit of a, we had a little bit of a stint away from it. Then we, uh, then we, we won the uh, the League Cup and got into the uh, UEFA Cup and got through to the UEFA Cup final. Uh, How was the team you beat in either the quarter, quarter final or the semi final when you were like three one down or something and you come back to win four three or something ridiculous like that? Uh, I was at that game actually, and it's where uh, Massimo Macaroni was. Uh, he just sort of like uh, he just became a legend, an absolute legend. So not Sparta Prague or something. Like that. I thought it was an Eastern European team. So Steyr Bucharest fair four two I think it was, uh, and then we went on to play Sevilla in the final uh, and got beat four uh, nil. So, I remember four. not being very competitive. No, but you know Sevilla, they they just went on and dominated the UEFA. I think they won it. They won it about bloody eight oh, times or something. Sorry, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen that stat? Sure. There's a thing about Benfica who got cursed in the sixties. And they've lost something like nine European finals since this curse, and they haven't won one final. Who cursed them? Fucking Benfica. They've lost something like eight straight European finals without winning one. That's a canny record with that league. I love how with uh, with your accent you made him sound like he was a fullback for them there, Benfica. Blue not left back the day. We've got Benfica. Actually, yeah. right. We've got we've got Paul Winslow. I don't know. Actually, yeah, your girlfriend's <laughs> just left us and moved to Portugal. Lisbon. No, no, she still likes men. <laughs> he's had to think, yeah. He's had to get in his views in this. A sexual joke, then, ladies and gentlemen. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, how do you think Newcastle are going to do then this season before I let you go? Do you think you're going to stay up or do you think you're going to be joining us? Well, we might not even be there. We might have moved down with Sunderland, not swap with them. Well, uh, well I, I Sunderland are in 10th, I think, in the third division league, so. They'll have to get that. But aren't they getting bought out by a multi, multi, multi billionaire or something? Well, they're supposed to be, but that's been going for about six weeks, I think. we were, I was told six weeks ago yeah. by a Magnum that they were already gone through, so I don't know. Surely you just sell enough personal belongings at a jumble sale to buy Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I think, I, I don't know, to be honest. I'd like to think we'll be safe, but I mean, Steve Bruce is, yeah. <sighs> to be fair to him, he's like lower half of the Premier League over half of the, the you know the championship that's his level isn't it so you, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you have him as your manager you risk relegation that's as simple as it is but but let's be honest we risk relegation with um, Benitez as well so whilst I think Benitez did a good job and should have stayed or we should have got him to stay you know it's, it's just a mess basically up here isn't it? yeah, it's because you're on as a tosser that's correct, it really isn't yes it? correct I'm, so you had you had one of the, the world's best Europe's best coaches won fucking managed in, in Real Madrid Liverpool Inter Milan won won the Champions League and he's there no offense but he's polishing a load of turds yeah. right as best as he can because he's not getting no money off fucking Mike Cashley or whatever he's called and. Uh, Bit of a pun there, wasn't it, Mike yeah. Cashley? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can have that one. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think now, now he's brought Steve Bruce in on minimum wage of uh, £8.65 an hour or whatever he's on. <laughs> and uh, he's doing a steady job, but he knows that it can come to like, uh, he's probably got him on a, on a zero hours contract where he can, he can let him. It can let him go after Christmas when uh, when the trade dies down and, uh, and bring someone cheaper. So he's out of it. Well, yeah, mm. well, in hell, have you seen the size of him? Mm. It looks like he puts it on his head and cuts his fringe around that. <laughs> by the way, massive. by the way, Ted, before you go, can I just introduce you to a mate of mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, go on then. Uh, Ted, my name's uh, Harry Yochu, and I'm T-Side's leading medium communications expert. Have you heard of us? What, what's your name again, sorry? Harry Yochu, I'm T-Side's leading medium communications expert. Are you Joe? No, I think I might have heard of you, mate. I'm, uh, did you did you put the cable in our house? I've got shares in wind turbines. Ah, what like green energy and stuff? Green who? 
<laughs> I, I, I do webinars, webinars for throwing about the red car. Just hire me for your webinar. Oh, he's gone new. Well, I'll tell you. He's gone new. Sorry about that. He just wanted to pop in because he's a big fan of yours. Right. Well, I, I can tell. He clearly doesn't doesn't know much because people in Thornaby haven't discovered the internet yet. <laughs> so, uh, and I can say this because they won't know what we're listening to. It. Uh, it's still, he's left one joke here. I don't. I'm just going to read out. This is this is not my joke, by the way. This is how you choose. Okay. Go on uh, then. Go on. Homicide is when you kill a man. Suicide is when you kill yourself. Tayside is when you lose the will to live. Oh, it's a bit. Oh, clever. I'll have a word with him. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise that was going to be a bit of a dig there. Sorry, fella. And seaside is where all the Newcastle players go for their holidays. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, really in natu- you're in Just, natural, aren't you, Ted? Natural. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write that one down. It's good, that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, anyway, Julian, it's, it's been lovely having you on, on my podcast. Have you got any uh, Have you got any gigs coming up uh, in the in the northeast or anywhere else that you'd like to promote? <laughs> come and see me if they're about. Um, I'm playing South Normanton, which is, I think, is in Yorkshire on the 10th of December. I've never been there before. Yeah. No, Normanton, I think that's near Wakefield. Ah. That's uh, the old chat, lads. That's a fun, I like that, don't you? you know I, I did a gig in Wakefield once, me and a comedian called Mark Kennedy, who was very funny. And we got yeah. we got down there, and the only people there who were in the audience were the promoter's girlfriend and mother. <laughs> we're driven like two and a oh. half miles or something. Two and a half hours, sorry. Uh, <laughs> we won't name the gig, but I think I know which one it is. And uh, I can safely say I've never applied to uh, perform there because I've heard a lot of stories about that. And, uh, it's the only time me and Mark went on first and second and just left straight away. And it's normally I try and stay for a little bit to at least, you know, show a little bit of support. Yeah. But uh, just to play in front of the promoter's girlfriend and mother, I thought, no, let's just skedaddle. Pretty sharpish. Wow. Yeah, it's a strange place, Wakefield. Uh, I, I've been uh, been attending one in Castleford, which isn't far from there as well. And uh, again, I don't think they like to leave their house uh, because uh, I might. Uh, it was three hundred and fifty seat there, and there was twelve people <laughs> in. So you can imagine what that looked like. Yeah, that uh, beats me because we did a gig in Chesterfield about a month ago. Me and John Gibson. And we drove past the theatre and there was loads of people because in the theatre, I think, what's in the theatre? We drove past those people in the foyer and I thought, God, this is good. It's going to be about 200 people. Yeah, the next going to be a proper gig. So it gets to the gig. Uh, the people in the foyer offer the proper theatre. There's something else in the proper theatre. We're on in the side room and there was 16 at that gig. So <laughs> I can't quite compete with you. Uh, 12 in a 350 at the theatre, but I had my hopes up seeing all the people. But that was for me, yeah. totally else. Something totally different no I've been there myself where I thought uh, oh look at all these people in the bar waiting to go in and see us and then we went into a little studio room and there was about 25 people in and then there was uh, 450 people watching the Lion King uh, <laughs> live performance in there and you could you could hear it seeping through and it was like stuff like that I was like oh fucking hell you know what I mean so I, I think I went on first and then I went and I snuck in and watched the rest of the Lion King yeah. so, I like, think, like, like I say to people it's not all glamour is it Ted. It isn't mate. Fact, it isn't. But we do it anyway. We do it. In fact, there's no fucking glamour whatsoever, but never mind. <laughs> Great. Well, it's been absolutely lovely having you on the TED Talks podcast today, Julio. Uh, you can, you, uh, you've got a Facebook page, Julian Lee Comedy, is that right? Uh, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and I've got a website, uh, julianleecomedy.com. And I have, a, I have a feature on my website where I put uh, the best three jokes I've written in the last week. And I put them on, on a Sunday night, if I remember. <laughs> Great, and you might see three new jokes he's picked up today on there, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, that's all I'm saying. You know, I'm just putting it out there. And then I just finished with a company bra scheme, and the audience just went up. Stand the way. I'm going to work on that. Stand the way. I'm going to. I'm going to work on it. I am because you do. You can, people who work in like uh, offices and stuff like that. Uh, oh yeah, I'm part of the company car scheme. Well, look and be part of the company bra scheme um, where they get I've never higher heard, purchase bras. I've never heard the phrase <laughs> company's car scheme in my life. I'm, I'm not working no, the wrong businesses. 
There you go, mate. So there again, it's one of them ones that it only relates to the relevant people that's, in the audience. That's what it is, yes. <laughs> well, you could have been sat next to 25 people and 20 of them could be laughing their heads off at that. <laughs> Great. Right, well, uh, I love you and leave you, Julian. Thank you very much for being on my podcast and uh, good luck with the gigs and good luck with the jokes and good luck with the pun final in December. Man, thanks for having us on, Dennis. Much appreciated. No problem. Cheers, fella. Julian Lee there, Maris, uh, Newcastle comedian and one-liner pun comedian. Lovely stuff. So it's coming to my favourite part of the show now where me, Ted, answers all the questions that you've left me on my social media page. Well, not all of them, just the good ones. So let's get things started with question number one. It's a serious one, and it's from uh, Rob Watson. Uh, one for the next podcast, Ted, which is this. Uh, what's your view on Chubby and his comments about which political party he will be voting for? Serious stuff, I know, but I need a Ted angle on these things. Uh, it's a good good question, Rob. Uh, you've got to go, with me with politics, right, you've got to go for your gut feel, right? Let's look at it this way, right? Uh, Boris Johnson's a tosser. Jeremy Corbyn's a tosser, right? Would you go and see a band if you didn't like the lead singer? Probably not. But lead singers can be changed, yet the, the concept of the band may still be pretty good. You know what I mean? I think back to when Queen uh, brought in Paul Rogers. He's all right, but he's no Freddie Mercury, is he? And now at Lamberton, he's a much better replacement. But I still like the policies of Queen, the songs there. See what I'm doing? Uh, so I'd probably say you've got to go with what's right for your area and the policies that they are looking to do. I'm not going to give you my political swing on it because um, all politicians are assholes in my opinion um, and they all lie and each one of these parties whoever wins will break their promises but you've got to think about stuff like the NHS and what they're doing for the region and keeping us in the northeast a, a footprint on the UK map as well and not forgetting about us so I hope that's helped Chubby's entitled to obviously to his own views and uh, no one will challenge him on that because he'll just tell you to F off uh, so but yeah that's that's my opinion of that. Good serious question there, Rob. Uh, oh, I did a bit there. Next, oh, another next question is another serious question here. Uh, probably uh, another heated debate question. And it's from John McIntyre. Now then, Ted, with you spending most of your life on the shitter, which toilet paper do you prefer? A nice smooth aloe vera Andrex, uh, which, by the way, does actually feel like you're wiping your crack of your ass with an Andrex puppy dog as it's that soft. Or do you prefer some of that nine for two pound sandpaper stuff from B&M that can really clean the grainy bits out of your ring piece um, good question um, I always say you've got to invest quality money into quality toilet paper you don't want them cheap ones that break up when you're having a bit of a wipe and it's a bit of a runny one and you end up putting your finger through it and straight into your bum hole you don't want that likewise you don't want the tracing paper you used to get a primary school and used to go home with a cut bum um, so the grainy one not for me always the aloe vera smooth you pay for what you get John that's that's what I say okie doke uh, uh, Martin Fletcher uh, happy birthday Martin Fletcher for uh, for, for yesterday uh, Martin uh, Martin's uh, lovely lady Elizabeth uh, 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 contacted me to record him a birthday message and I do do that for the fee ladies and gentlemen if you go to tedanky.com you can see there and uh, yeah so I recorded him a nice birthday message whilst I was in the bath and I hope you had a crack of birthday mate and in Vegas you didn't get too much flange when the missus wasn't looking um, so what he's put in is all it matter firstly many thanks for my birthday video message which appreciate very welcome there Big Fletch uh, my question is if you were arrested with no explanation what would your friends and family assume you had done um, well I think they'd probably think um, I've probably robbed a bank because uh, I'm always complaining about queuing in the banks uh, when I want to get me uh, when I want to get me money out of my little passbook and takes for ages you know remain so I'll probably just like just take like a shotgun in and go everybody get back now and give me all of that money and fill out my passport while you're doing it uh, and uh, you know you can't get away with bank 
robbery these days. Um, so I'd have been caught, locked up, and never seen me again. And uh, you, you'll know if that's happened, because there'll be no more podcasts, will there? I don't think they'll let me do them in, in prison. So, um, yeah, good question. Oh, his missus has asked a question here as well. Elizabeth, uh, Ted, is it okay to batter someone on their birthday if they annoy you? Just asking for a friend. Um, Elizabeth, if he's been cheeky, twack, give him a clip. Um, however, if it's the other way around and you're being cheeky, Martin, you must never, never strike a lady. Uh, just uh, just leave your underpants around the house and your socks and don't wash pots and stuff like that. That's worse than, than, than giving anyone a bat that'll annoy you ever. Uh, yeah, yeah, by all means, kick him in the nuts, Elizabeth. Uh, next question, Scott Dinsdale. All right, pet, which do you prefer, Count Duckula or Danger Mouse? It's a good question, that. Same voiceover by David Jason. Um, uh, oh, it's, it's a toughie, isn't it? Because uh, Count Duckula was, uh, was was very good with uh, with Nanny uh, in there as well. I like that. Danger Mouse and Penfold. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go... Count Duckula. Count Duckula. I like Count Duckula. I just like the way he looks. He just looks a lot nicer, doesn't he? You know what I mean? He looks pretty cool. However, I did quite like him doing Toad in uh, Wind in the Willows. And um, I also quite liked him doing the voice of the BFG as well. He was good at that as well. Uh, but yeah, Count Duckula. Count Duckula. Uh, next question. Uh, Bryce Ad Wilson. Uh, Ted. Here's a sports question for you. What the hell is Adam Clayton still doing at the Riverside? The only time he should ever put a shirt on for the Borough again is if Rory the Lion phones in sick. That's my rant over. The real question is, did they have antiques in the old days? I might even shot another one in late because I'm fuming. My... Oh, he's on about questions. I thought he was on about an antique there. Uh, did they have... An... Do you know what? There'd been a point in time where there won't have been antiques, will there? Like in that very first moment, uh, or life was created there won't have been antiques or relics or anything like that because there won't have been any history um, and then I, I don't even think I don't even think antiques were actually invented until David Dickinson was born um, in, in 1865 so it's um, so a good question uh, I'll carry on up the list and if your next question's good I might include it if not cheers so far Bri uh, Daniel James Harland uh, how do you justify throwing a player under the bus saying it's all Johnson's fault when he made the decision to sit back and defend with the decision to bring on Clayton? And so he's referring here to Jonathan Floodgate, uh, shutting up shop at half time, which we touched on earlier in the show, but blaming Johnson's red card. You can't do that because I've seen teams play better with 10 men and, and, and go on to win as well. You know, professional footballers, you've just got to drop your forward back in to cover a certain area uh, and, and just work for each other and I think by taking off an attacking intent and um, just to bring on uh, what can only be described as a sideways crab um, is a negative move and I think Jonathan has got a lot to learn about football management but would give him a bit more time won't be matters because he's one of our own yeah 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 uh, next question here uh, oh right let's have a look here Wilf Wilf Smith the bottom started off really well on Sunday then we went downhill as soon as Johnson got sent off do you think it was a red card and it's what do you like to play him it cost us a game same question as earlier on same answer as earlier on um, but uh, it was a good point here by uh, Tony Seaman who said uh, Wilf Wilf Smith uh, the bottom might have started well on Saturday but the match didn't start till Sunday <laughs> so he's done you like a kipper there Wilf hasn't he oh oh mate you know what I mean there's an edit button you know you could have edited that comment and then uh, he would have looked like an arsehole um, on the Facebook feed uh, so I think I've answered that anyway um, uh, here we are our Duncan Phillips he always leaves me a nice a nice message here because uh, he buys me a coffee every week on coffee.com ko-fi.com uh, oh oh it's 2019 Ted you should not be calling Big Fat Julie Big Fat Julie just call her Julie if I hear you call Big Fat Julie Big Fat Julie again I'll report you to the police who take this thing very seriously uh, 
listen mate it's 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 like a sentimental uh you know nickname she used to call me uh teddy bear um but, you know because my name's ted it's not because i'm like cuddly or anything like that she just she just wants me caught caught, caught me shitting in the woods um so she calls me teddy bear but you know i i used to call a little toe i used to go oh she is little toe oh little toe and and the reason i used to call her that was uh when we used to get absolutely smashed no matter how hard i tried how hard i restrained myself i'd always end up banging her on the kitchen table uh, and it used to hurt so uh, and, and that being a joke to the reference of always banging your little toe on the kitchen table uh, so we both agreed because she's 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 a big girl uh she's she, she well, it's safe to say she's she's fat she is she admits it. Uh, and her name's Jolie, so big fat Jolie, and she doesn't mind that. Uh, her brother Mallard doesn't like me calling it, but uh, but he can just get stuffed. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's why that's why I call her that. Uh, so go easy on us, mate. You know what I mean? It's just questions and that. brings to an end uh, episode 23 of TED Talks the TED Anki podcast thank you very much for all your contributions uh, your messages uh, your questions thank you to Julio Julian really uh, Julian Lee Julio Lee for uh, for being my guest this week uh, the master of the puns go and check him out check out his website as well where he puts jokes on there they are they are pretty good you know they're not quite as good as the example as I gave earlier on and that's me just knocking them up right before the show imagine if I had weeks to uh, to uh, to write some uh, but I don't uh, and uh, yeah thank you very much to the sponsors of the show Showcake Comedy who put on comedy nights around the North East and Yorkshire Butterfan TV we're all aware of what they do with the great fan content online on uh, Facebook Twitter and uh, YouTube and my new sponsor JokePit.com where you can pick up all of your uh, your comedy tickets uh, for loads of gigs all over the country on there and the good thing about JokePit.com is it's a lot cheaper than all of your other ticket platforms as well so the don't charge as much processing admin fees as well and they've got loads of links to all the best comedians about so it's well worth having a look at matters you know what I mean so there you go I'm actually doing a gig this Sunday um, at the Rose and Potter in Mask by the Sea um, now I believe there's only 30 tickets for this and I don't know how many's gone or not and it's it's for the Halfpenny Comedy Club through my mate Dean Mowers uh, and it's a, I think it's a five of a ticket and you've got to see Amanda behind the bar to get them so if you're listening to this before then and you fancy a laugh and you've not seen me perform before, uh, come down, you know, buy a ticket and then uh, get involved, man. It'd be good. If you have seen me before perform before, still come down, uh, just still laugh at the same jokes again. That That's how it works in comedy until I can be asked to write some some more new ones. Uh, so anyway, up the butter, we're going to get three points again. Shitty Barnsley, aren't we? Uh, I can feel it. I can feel it in my pool. We're going to do it. So... Uh, up the bar, eh? Make butter great again and believe.